The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLR and scoreline.ie. It's the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast brought to you by KCLR. Each week, myself, Robbie Dowling and former Blacks and Whites manager Eddie Scally cast our eye over all the action from the weekend senior, intermediate and junior league and championship games in Kilkenny, as well as looking ahead to the next round of action. As I said, I am joined in studio by the one and only Eddie Scally. Eddie, how are you today? I'm very good, Robbie, and yourself? Yeah, good now, Eddie. It was a busy weekend. Um, I was off, well, I was supposed to be off, but I was listening in to KCLR all weekend great coverage throughout the weekend because we were at four live senior games and of course we had reports on all the other senior and intermediate games as well as updates from the junior games as always we'll start with the senior um, I always ask an open ended question I suppose to kick things off what was your story of the weekend from the top tier um, there was a couple like like it was a really really good weekend um, to be fair with with the hurling I think Greg Bally Callan um, were the story of the weekend that was a that was a massive win for 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 Greg Ballycallan that's you know really throwing the championship wide open um winning that game there like Glenmore had been absolutely flying and and Greg Ballycallan were comfortable winners against Glenmore I think that for me was one of the highlights of the weekend and then the other one I would say as well was I was lucky enough to be at the Dixborough Mullinavac game um and I do stress lucky enough anyone that was at that game that were treated to an absolute it was just brilliant it was end to end it was exciting a few times I thought Dixborough were going to pull away but the old Mulnavat that we, we all know and love and you know really enjoy watching they were there in the plum the other day like they just kept going kept at it I think Mulnavat will have a bit to say in this championship yet um, they were just they were really really good and they just come up against a really good Dixborough side but really good weekend as well and I was in Thomastown yesterday as well um, and my wife's <laughs> definitely going to leave me but it's, I, I've told her the, the games leads up soon enough but I was in Thomastown yesterday yesterday as well and uh, the crowds the crowds for that game yesterday it was the only senior game Shamrocks on the bridge yeah it was like it was the only senior game on it was splitting the rocks it was 12 o'clock in the day it was it was it was carnage down there it was just Thomastown is a great venue to watch a match it's a disaster of a venue to get out (laughs) and it was it was one for all it was literally a free for all getting out there and in fairness to the stewards and marshals they've done a brilliant job but when you've the car park is just massive and everything filters to one gate yes so you have this two guys there and they were sweating bullets trying to (laughs) to manage it but it was it was brilliant fun like my kids were in the car with me and I have to give David Hughes a bit of credit there as well he refereed the game yesterday and he said uh, he, he came over to my car window I waved at him and said well done he did a great game and he shouted uh, he hadn't heard this much, much whinging at a match since the last time he refereed a game with me standing on the sideline so my two kids got a right laugh out of that you know, I believe it. Uh, it was, that was, but look it was, it was a brilliant weekend I really enjoyed it yeah I think most people did Eddie we have so much to get through because we are coming on to the last weekend of action which with all games of course throwing in at the one time Saturday at half past one for the senior two o'clock for the intermediate on Sunday so we, I do want to get through as much as possible we'll go to Group A first you mentioned it as your big story of the weekend Friday night Glenmore 15 points Greg Ballycallan 1 goal and 18 points at the same time Jane Stevens were 3 point winners over Aaron's own 24 points to 21 while Ballyhale Shamrocks lost to Bennis Bridge yesterday as you said in Thomastown 2 goals and 24 points to 2 goals and 17 points just to bring you up to date on Group B in the senior as well O'Loughlin Gales 29 points Clara 119 Mullinavat also scored 119 but they also lost 2 
two goals and 20 points to 119 defeat against Dixborough while the last game on Saturday saw Tullerone come out on top narrowly it has to be said by two goals and 21 points to one goal and 19 points as well for Dan's Force so all the losing sides in Group B scoring 119 in a strange coincidence um, but I do want to get back on to Group A Eddie I went through the results there that means the group lies as follows ahead of the last weekend of fixtures Glenmore still on top with six points then come Bennis Bridge with five points crucially have a plus 13 scoring difference that puts them ahead of James Stevens, who are also on five points but only have a plus nine scoring difference Great Ballycallan then are in fourth after that tremendous victory over Glenmore they have four points lie in fourth as I said minus five scoring difference the Shamrocks the county champions are second from bottom three points after their opening four games with a minus three scoring difference and Erin's own will be consigned to yet another relegation semi-final they are bottom of the table with just a single point to their name and a minus 22 scoring difference Group A Eddie if it could be any tighter I don't know where it would be this is going to be one hell of a final day it definitely is and like it's the right teams that are playing against each other as well Um, you've James Stevens taking on Ballyhale Shamrocks next weekend Um, so we'll we'll put that game to the side right Greg Ballycallan are up against Aaron's own Right in saying that I am, aren't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Greg Ballycallum play Aaron's own, which means you have Glenmore against the bridge. So Glenmore are playing the bridge to see who's going to top the group um, and, and who's going to finish, probably end up finishing third or fourth. Um, do you know, like it's, it's like the way it stands but, at the moment, yeah, like if Ballyhill yeah. Shamrocks win against James Stevens, they'll go to five points. Yeah? Yeah. And Bennett's Bridge lose to Glenmore, they'll be on five points as well. Yeah. F- so you could end up technically with Bennett's Bridge on five, James Stevens on five, Ballyhead Shamrock's on five, and if Greg Ballycallan beat Aaron's own, they'll be on six. So Greg Ballycallan end up finishing second in the group with six points, and you'll have three teams tied on five points. Yeah, and one of them will be in a relegation semi-final despite getting five points. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, it, I, uh, it is, and it's and it's actually quite plausible that that could happen. Oh, that too. could easily happen. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Are we a hundred percent that it's it's score difference before head-to-heads no so it's head-to-head before score difference but where I was saying the score difference could be crucial is with that scenario True, yeah. where three teams finish on five points or say for example um, three teams finished on you know three points or four points whatever it might be but it's more likely that's going to be three teams on five points then it comes down to score difference so it could be crucial as well say in the other group we'll get on to it but Dixborough O'Loughlin's and Tullerone could all technically finish on eight points yeah. and they'll be decided by score difference so that's why the score difference when it could come into play but it's head to head first then score difference perfect so look based on that we look looking at this weekend's um, looking at this weekend's games the games that we've just you know all been through at, I suppose Glenmore, Greg Ballycallan. We had spoke about it last week on on the podcast that you know I felt that it'd be tight. But I did feel Glenmore would win. But same, yeah. Now I don't know. I wasn't at the game, so it's very hard for me to say this happened or that happened or, or whatever. I do know from the reports coming back from the game that Greg Ballycallan brought a huge intensity to the game. They were they were very very good. They battled very hard. Um, by all accounts, Tommy Ronan um, had an absolute. Trojan performance four points I think yeah um, which you know is is, is a massive performance um, against the Glenmore team and the other player that was that was mentioned out and singled out for it was Tom Dunphy um, yeah. again had another monster game now if you think about it you know Glen, Glenmore have been lighting it up in the championship um, from the early stages you know I don't know where the missing players in that game there seems to have been a few lads that weren't 
down to play in the game whether they played or they didn't I don't know Alan Murphy wasn't down to play um, and I'd say that was a big thing as well you could see Owen Murphy was moved back into fullback. I think there was a lot of juggling there with Glenmore last weekend I think I don't know what the reason for it was but I don't think Glenmore were at full strength Okay. Um, but I wouldn't take anything away from Greg Ballycallan either I don't know I wasn't at the game that's a brilliant win Eugene Clunan I said to you last week and you said to me do you not you, I said to you straight out I'm not mentioning Greg Ballycallan in the relegation because I don't yeah. see it at all I feel quite vindicated in that comment oh, I, would now. Agree. I would agree I thought they'd be I thought they'd be second from bottom in this group not going to lie still probably think well they should be Comer but you never know Comer could come out and beat them um, but I, I don't think they'd be relegated I think there's a sizeable gap between Aaron's own Dan's fourth and then the next up which is probably Greg Rally Callan Mundavat Clara. Yeah. Well, that's fair to say, is it? Uh, I think there's a gap from Mundavat Greg I actually think there's quite a gap between them all, uh, genuinely I think. Okay. Dan's fourth looked looked quite good the other day. Um they, they came back and played very well, but I actually think there's genuinely I think Greg Bally Callan are better than people give them credit for. I think pardon me they could they could surprise a few people they won't be in the bottom two at the end of the next weekend I think even if they were to be beaten by Aaron's own I think the, the, the results they'll, they'll need Shamrocks have to beat James Stevens as well to push them in there draw uh, yeah they won't they won't look at it like that well the head to head I suppose the score difference will put Shamrocks through will it yeah no the head-to-head, the head-to-head if Shamrocks were to draw and Ballycallan were to lose Shamrocks would finish fourth because they have a better head to head against Ballycallan they drew no Shamrocks bet Ballycallan who did Shamrock's draw with Aaron's own sorry yeah, yeah of course uh, so that would do them there look I think Greg Ballycallan just go and focus on, on going winning their own game uh, the last round game but that's that's a big big win and I had said to you as well last week that the break if you're going really really well you don't want a break Glenmore yeah. <laughs> you know but I, again I think there was there's probably more to it than, than meets the eye and when you weren't at the game it's, it's hard to say but not hugely surprised by the result but Greg Ballycallan need to back it up now and beat Aaron's own next weekend yeah, uh, I do want to get on to all the games. As I said, there's so much to go with Trading and I don't want to rush it. But um, we spoke about Ballycallan there. Brilliant victory for them. For Glenmore, I alluded to it on last week's podcast, if it wasn't the weekend before. Like, I said that this is kind of when, you know, the crunch happens and this is, you know, now that the break is over, we are getting into the stage where you really need to start kind of timing your peak and timing your run towards championship and I would I would have worried that maybe Glenmore had started too fast and are going to kind of fizzle out a bit like Benis Bridge did last year. Do you think at all this could be the start of something like that, or is it just a blip in the road? I, I hope it's just a blip in the road because you know they've been they've been very very good. Next weekend will tell you if it's if it's a, if it's a blip in the road or you know if it's maybe like I noticed. And I mean this, Robbie, and, and lads that say to you, you're, you're doting. I actually noticed the intensity in the games increasing at the weekend. I genuinely felt that the three games I got to, that the intensity levels had raised. Oh, I'd well believe it. 10%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean that. I also see, you know, so I'm not saying that Glenmore got caught because I, 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 without knowing exactly what 15 started for Glenmore, I think next weekend is a big one. If Glenmore win next weekend, it's in their own hands. Win next weekend, they're in the league final. But do you think a, li- a little bit of pressure will be applied now, where they'll be they won't be thinking about the positives of a great season that they've had. They'll be thinking about the negatives of we won our first three games and we could potentially be lying in third or fourth in the table after this game if we lose. How much of a travesty will that be for us? Yeah, I I, I think if I was over Glenmore, the point that I'd be making was that at the start of this year, they just wanted to make sure they were as far away from relegation yeah. as they could be. They've achieved that. Now they're into the bonus territory. I. And I'm not saying this so 
you know, good old Danes Fort or no, good old yeah, Glenmore. Yeah. Certain teams have certain targets. Oh, yeah. I'd say Glenmore have ticked most of their boxes already this year. I think next weekend is a massive game against Bennett's Bridge. They were very, very good yesterday and they looked very, very good. Um, but Glenmore are more than capable of putting it up to them and, and more than capable of getting something over. I think if I was in the Glenmore camp, I'd be saying, look, boys, last weekend was a bounce in the road. We had a few weeks in a row where we were bitting up consistency. We got the week break. didn't suit us. We, we'll kick on next week. So that'll be a cracker of a game. All the games in this group are going to be crackers next week. OK. Uh, the other game on Friday night, it was in my place in Muckalee. Huge crowd at James Stevens versus Aaron Zone. Three-point win for Brian Cody's side. A lot of that game, I heard that it was live on KCLR, a lot of that game, Comer were ahead, but the village came out on top. Is that the most important thing or would you look into the performances of both sides at this stage? No, I think the biggest thing is come out on top, win, win tight games. Um, you know, you don't have to have that perfect performance, but you do You do want to be winning, like, you know, and that's the big side of it. Uh, Luke Scanlon played more in the forwards on... Friday night mm. than he had been playing previously I'd said that to you you know he was lighting it up in midfield but he went into the forwards and he's equally lighting it up in the forwards as well um, he's really been the standout player probably not just the standout player for James Stevens. he's probably been the standout player in the championship I think he's yeah, one of the men, yeah. he's after getting nearly man of the match in every game I mean he's just been phenomenal and he's you know he's captain this year for James Stevens, and he's really leading from the front Aaron's own on the other hand um like in fairness to Aaron's own beaten again at the weekend but they're only beating three points like they are putting in big shifts James Stevens are beating county finalists last year you know it's it's hard on Aaron's own you you, you, you feel for them a bit there they're, they're, you know they genuinely are um, they're coming out the wrong end of tight battles as well like if you look at their score difference for a team that's bottom of the group on one point I don't think they've, they're have they not massively conceding like if what's their minus minus 22 in four games do you know, yeah, but it's sizable when you consider the other teams are minus three, minus five, nine, thirteen, and eight. But see, the problem is they've lost, they've lost all their games. The other teams haven't. They've drawn one match. Um, so see, the thing I'd say, I think people have <laughs> criticised me that maybe I'm being biased because of my club, St Martin's, big rivalry with Heron's own. Um, I have a lot of relatives in Heron's own, as people know. Uh, I wouldn't like to see them go down. I think they will, and the reason is. You can turn up against the village when you're playing in your rival's backyard in Muckley. You can turn up against the Shamrocks and get a draw because they're the county champions and it's the glamour tie of the group. The first game, easily beaten by Bridge. Then they go and play Glenmore. Every game was tight that night because it was slashing rain on the Friday evening. I think it was a 10-point loss. It, like they're the games that will define Aaron's own season not you know performances when they're massive underdogs and that's where I would worry for them do you know what I mean yeah no no look it's 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 looking ominous but I've said it to you a hundred times Aaron's own will not get relegated this year that, that's not going to happen I can guarantee Aaron's own won't be relegated they'll, they'll either win the semi-final or the relegation final they're going to be in the relegations but they won't be getting relegated I'm telling you they're, they're, they're you run uh, James Stevens three points draw Ballyhale Shamrocks they'll know when it comes down and the chips are down that they, they're capable of doing it lose by three points to the county finalists and draw with the county champions no, I'm telling you Okay. there's too much in there and you mark my words they won't be getting relegated that, that might be fair but I think they'll be doing very well to win a relegation semi-final they are all but going to finish bottom of this group they're going to either play Clare or Mullen Levat I think they do very well to beat either of them um, yeah, they, they will. Um, I think. I don't think it'll be Mullinavat. I think Mullinavat and Clara will come to that in a while. I think Mullinavat yeah. could be Clara next okay. weekend. So it'll be Clara and I wouldn't write Aaron's own off against Clara. No, okay, that's fair. I'd be surprised if it wasn't a Aaron's own Dance Fort relegation final. But we'll get on to all of that. The village, you know, it's another win. Uh, 
again on the other side of things I suppose if you're only narrowly beating Aaron's own even though as you said there maybe are a hard team to beat and you're talking about winning county titles would you be worried about that? Um, let's see it's not so much that I'd be worrying about it like the important thing is win tight games that gets you you know win a game by 20 points that's brilliant it shows that you're flying the forwards or popping scores over from everywhere win a game by a point win them dog fights and you know there's another type of a, a lever to that like Castle Comer would have set up to be very hard to break down the other day James Stevens would have had to battle away yeah. I've seen that you know and you know not every game is going to be a brilliant high scoring affair where you can say oh the forwards really got on top and it was a super game and blah 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 I would imagine no goals in this game I'd imagine it was a tight enough tense affair and James Stevens come out the right side of it I guarantee you you know Brian Cody would be happy enough with that result OK that's fair enough the last game in that group it was yesterday I wouldn't say it went under the radar but probably Bally Collins win over Glenmore was one of the surprise the, the surprise result of the weekend I should say but Bennis Bridge beating Bally Hale Shamrocks by 7 points in Thomastown you said you were at it what did you make of it we'll start with the winners this time Bennett's Bridge first of all I said that they were one of my dark horses to make a semi-final or maybe even a county final is it looking more likely now than it did before throwing yesterday it is but that's not because of your great Mystic Meg prediction. Uh, I'd say it was a great Mystic Meg it's prediction. It's partly down to the fact that Liam Blanchfield is home from wherever he was travelling. Jamie Harkin is back from wherever he was. Yeah. And Kieran Brennan came on as a sub yesterday as well. And I think he was away as well. Oh, right. Yeah. Didn't, so Didn't know that now. No, I did. <laughs> uh, so as they were coming on, I was writing B's beside their name. Back, 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 right? Liam Blanchfield started a full forward yesterday. Right. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Now he's intercounty harder, like. Oh, that's club. Yeah. He's hard mark. He's impossible to mark. Yeah, yeah. But he he had a big big game. Sean Morris he went out around the half forward line was fantastic. Uh, Nicky Clear brilliant on the freeze. Kevin Blanche in midfield was absolutely unreal. And Jason Clare as well was very, very good. I think Jason played at centre forward as opposed to centre back where he had on his back number six. He was definitely, he definitely wasn't playing number no, six. No. But Enda Morrissey for me, uh, a full back, he absolutely dogged Owen Cody. Um, he All the way to ascending off. Yep. Yeah, uh, he. I'm telling you, Owen's Owen got a booking. The two of them got booked. They could have been bookings earlier in the game for both of them as well. Now the two of them, Owen Cody, you know, doesn't take it easy either. Like the two boys, they flaked off each other for the length of time they did. Owen got caught late. Um, the yellow card kind of caught Owen and the second yellow, and that was the end of the game for him. But it was, it was just a really, really solid performance by by Bennett's Bridge. They, in, in every sense the other thing I did notice with them was near the end of the game when they started getting scores the reactions Kevin Blanchfield hit a score he had a great point but the roar from him it was like vented anger was being released on Ballyhale they were really worked their 7 point win it was a it was a really 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 good performance from 15 minutes in there was never going to be any other winner in that game for my eyes OK so the bridge are looking good Ballyhale You'd have to say they've been one of the stories of the league so far because they sit for second from bottom. They were in a similar position two years ago. Felt a lot different to now. Are we looking at, if not the decline of Ballyhill Shermocks, a year off for Ballyhill Shermocks in terms of winning the county titles or maybe even being at the latter stages of the championship? Yeah, I, I did say it from the outset. I thought this, this year Ballyhill was going to be a bridge too far. Um, now, what I would say, right, yesterday's game, there was a fella playing for Ballyhale yesterday with number 11 on his back called TJ Reid. And he scored, I think, 
two goals and 11 points I yesterday. I did hear that. Now, I'm, when I say I think he scored two eleven, he either scored two ten or two eleven. It's not like I'm. He got two eleven, I think. Yeah. yeah well, I marked here. I had him down as two eleven, right? So he got two eleven in that game yesterday, and and and, and some of that, like not just a little bit of it, like he got a goal from playing, he got a few points from play as well, but. It was the the remaining scores that were coming in from Ballyhale. There's six other points contributed to the scoreboard from Ballyhale yesterday. Um, like Owen got sent off five minutes into the second half. That wasn't the defining moment in the game. It didn't define that game. It didn't change the comp- how the game was going. Bennett's were on top. Okay. Adrian Mullen was on a yellow card, and I'm telling you, the referee took his book out of his pocket to give him a second yellow card, and then realised he was on a yellow card. And Adrian Mullen didn't get the second yellow card. He would have been gone as well. Right. So, for me, what I seen there yesterday, I, 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 I'd be, I'd be worried a little bit for Ballyhale. Their, their performance was back a small bit, but you'd have to mark out some lads as well and just say, like Owen Reid started yesterday a full forward for Ballyhale. Owen's, he's well into his forties now. Like he's forty-one or two, I'd say. I hope I'm not putting too many years on, him, but I think he's in his forties. Like he was fantastic. He worked so hard all that, in absolute bacon heat, but. Why are Ballyhale going to Owen Reid in his 40s to try and pull them out of the hole? There must be other players there, you know. And in fairness to Owen, he was brilliant. I'd love to have him with, mm. with me. He's just a super player. And I'm not picking that out as, as a defining thing, but I just think there just, just seems to be lacking that a small bit. Uh, Adrian Mullen has had better games than he had yesterday. Owen Cody, the same, has had better games than he had yesterday. Now, when we spoke about it and worked this morning I was chatting to some of the lads and I said about TJ they said the brilliant thing about Ballyhale is it was TJ today it could be Adrian Mullen next week and it was two yeah. weeks back we were on with Adrian Mullen and Owen Cody I wouldn't be writing up the headstone for Ballyhale just yet but um, there's a bit of work to do I'd say Pat Holman would be very disappointed with that performance yesterday yeah, and they I were s- up for it before the game and I still have them as my team to win the county championship I'll stick with that I just want to go through some of the players they're missing and I might be even missing a few from this list Joey Holden Darren Mullen Ronan Corcoran Brian Cody Joey Cudahy Colin Fenley and I think Paddy Mullen went off injured yesterday that is a spine of a county title winning team you could argue that are all missing um, I know they wouldn't all play up to centre say but they all would have been in the starting 15 over the last number of years I think Joey Cuddy was a club player of the year not too long ago Joey Holden of course and Colin Fenley are the full back and full forward of all Ireland winning teams Ronan Corcoran Darren Mullen Brian Cody I mean these are some of the best club players in the country is it a stretch too far to miss all those players and you know there's all, there'll always be an aura around the Shamrocks and they'll always have great players still do of course as you mentioned the likes of Cody Reid Mullen but you know you've, you've taken out too many this time do you think? Possibly um, Owen Reid deputised very very well for Colin Fenley yesterday he similar type of role he was winning his own ball and the whole lot Um he, uh, genuinely I thought he was phenomenal like he, okay. if, if you told me before the game Owen Reid was 24 or 5 I'd have believed you the one thing I would say to you is the player I think they're missing the most out of all the players you've named now they're missing Colin as well they're missing all these guys. the player they're missing the most is Joey Holden the full back I've heard that yeah. um, I watched it yesterday and it's no slight on the full back line for Ballyhale but Bennett's Bridge targeted that full back position and they put Liam Blanchfield in there who's a monster in the air and they dropped high ball after high ball after high ball in on top of him. And I said this this morning to one of the lads at work, I can guarantee if Joey Holden was in a full-back yesterday, Joey Holden would be coming out with 90% of them balls. Like, that's where Joey lives in it. Dara Mason didn't have a bad game. Dara Mason was very good, but they were being dragged everywhere. Mm-hmm. And what they were trying to do was isolate Liam Blanchfield. And if he didn't win it, he broke it. And every time there was, there was, there was danger in there around that goal, every time it happened. And I think... 
when you lose a player like Joey who's been holding that number three position for Ballyhale for so long yeah. it's 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 a hard one to fill but to me if I was playing Ballyhale next weekend if I was if I was James Stevens and now Brian Cody was standing 15 foot behind me and he was at the same end of the field as me so the whole second half he would have watched high ball after high ball going in on top of Liam Blanchfield and they, 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 they really did struggle with that and that's not what I'm used to with Bally Hill because you're so used to seeing Joey Holden flying out and he, he does so much tankless work at full back you only realise it now but I think I think that's that's that he's the biggest loss to that team at the moment and all them other players you've mentioned how can any team lose six or seven players Okay. so that's that's where Bally Hill are if Bally Hill win the county championship this year which they still could do this will be the best championship the they've ever one. won okay fair enough we usually go on to the other group's results but we'll stick with group A and the fixtures upcoming for this weekend half past one on Saturday thrown for all of these games and all of the senior games this weekend Casey Lower course will be at all of them three of them Greg Valley Callan versus Aaron Zone in Freshford uh, Bennis Bridge take on Glenmore in Inishtig James Stevens face Ballyhale Shamrocks in Callan I don't want to go through well we will probably in our conversation go through all three games individually but give me your final table Eddie I think Bennett's Bridge are going to beat Glenmore and they're going to um, end up topping the group Okay. Um, so I'm going to go for Bennett's Bridge in that game um, I think James Stevens are going to beat the Shamrocks Okay. and that's going to push James Stevens up into second place in that group so you think it'll be a narrow victory, say? So because if the village were say to hypothetically hammer the Shamrocks for want of a better word, and Benisbridge narrowly defeated Glenmore, that would put the village above Benisbridge. If that makes difference, it makes yeah. sense because Benisbridge of thirteen score difference, the village of nine, so it's very tight. Yeah, I think I think I think Benisbridge will beat Glenmore by more than. Okay, so Benisbridge will be top then. Okay, yeah. so it'll be Benisbridge, James Stevens, um, that'll put Glenmore into third in the group. No, it won't. Greg Ballycallan will be Aaron's on, so yeah, that'll so push then Greg. Put Glenmore into fourth. Greg Ballycallan will go to third. Uh, Glenmore will be fourth, and the Shamrocks and Aaron's on will be bottom. Okay, so this is how you have it then, just for people that are unaware of what those results would mean. As I'm scribbling them down, uh, Ben Spears will finish on top with seven. James Stevens then will come second with seven. Greg Ballycallan will finish in third incredibly in a way considering that they uh, lost three of their opening four games or sorry um, two of their opening three games they'll finish in third with six points then Glenn Moore equally incredibly will come in fourth with six points Shamrocks will be second from bottom with three and Aaron's own with one uh, I, I don't want to go over trodden ground but this is what I was saying about Glenn Moore if that were to happen it would not be a very very difficult pill to swallow irrespective of what your goals were before a ball was poked to be top of the table after three games three wins from three and all of a sudden you finish fourth like how how would you not be coming in completely on the back foot into the first round of the championship you'll have lost your momentum Um, there's no there's no question about that you will have lost your momentum Um, going into the first round of the championship you'd love to be going in on the back of a win Um, it won't be ideal look it's it's just how I see it. That's I, I genuinely think that's. Yeah, it's how very I see very it. plausible that that um, could happen. Yeah, no, and you know me now. I think I'm always right anyway. So right. I'm convinced this is exactly what's going. And I know happen. I'm always right, and that's the difference. <laughs> so, <laughs> this this is it. Uh, but no, I look. It will be. It'll be. It'll be a bitter pill to swallow for Glenmore. But I still think, you know, if I'd have told Glenmore beforehand we're going to get six points, we're going to finish ahead of Ballyhale on the table, they'd have took that. Yeah, but uh, like. <laughs> I don't want to bring other sports into it we usually don't but it's like when you're top of the, the league we see in soccer or in rugby or whatever you know Ireland's probably Ireland's aim to say at the Rugby World Cup upcoming probably make a semi-final for the first time in history 
But if they were to make a semi-final and play a team that's well beneath them in terms of, you know, whoever it might be, and lose it, then that becomes a disappointing campaign. Is that not the same for Glenmore here, where, yes, they would have taken this before a ball was poked, but they would not have taken it last weekend or before last weekend when they had six points from six? Uh, Yeah, no, no, look, they'll be disappointed if that's the way it finishes up, but, you know... They're still going to be in the first round championship the following week. Um, they'll have players freshened up and they'll be ready to rock and roll. And look, it's just you're too optimistic, Eddie. Me, but it's just I think you take the positives out of yeah. everything. You're going okay. into knockout championship. There's no point in moaning and crying. No. Okay. So I'd be happy if I was over Glenmore. I'd be delighted with the season they're having so far. Okay, let's be honest. And the bridge will beat Glenmore, so the bridge are looking good. The village will beat Shamrock. So you obviously think the village are looking good as well. Um, I think. There's not a lot of Ballycannon would be the story there, really, wouldn't it? Third position when you consider a lot of people would have had would have had them almost certainly in the bottom two. Well, this is it. Now the other side of it too is I like James Stevens could lose to the Shamrocks and Greg Ballycannon could end up finishing second in the group. Yeah. <laughs> so no, that, I I think that's what will happen. I think Glenmore will beat Bennisbridge. I think the Shamrocks will beat the Village, and I think you'll have three teams sitting on five points. I think you'll have Glenmore on top, and I think you'll have Ballycannon. That'll swoop in finish second. We'll know next weekend, Robbie. We will I'm sure Glenmore will be hoping you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually think they will. But anyway, so that's why I have I have Glenmore on top, then come Bally Callan, then it'll be whoever, it'll be score difference, Bennis Bridge, James Stevens, the Shamrocks, one of them will be in a relegation semi-final. If my predictions come true, Aaron's own will sit bottom. Eddie has Bennis Bridge on top, James Stevens, Greg Bally Callan, Glenmore, Shamrocks and Aaron's own. We'll find out what happens there. Group B, Eddie. O'Loughlin Gales 29 points Clara 119 Dixborough 220 Mullinavat 119 Tullerone 221 Danes Fort 119 uh, A lot of games here not too notable in all honesty uh, O'Loughlin's and Clara heard it was very one-sided in Goran on Saturday afternoon um, went as expected I would have thought a kind of 2-3 score victory for O'Loughlin's Yeah 7 point win it was <clears throat> it was pretty much um, from what I'm told from the lads at the game it was um it was very, very one-sided. Um, the standout player on the pitch on the day, uh, remarkably, was... Uh, not remarkably, actually, that's a bit unfair to say, remarkably. <laughs> but I you say, don't rate him then, no, Not at all, that's yeah. not what I meant. Be no. careful where you go here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I mean, when you when you have a team with Huey Lawler, Paddy Deegan, yeah. I'd seen um, Jordan Malloy last week, I thought he was brilliant, David, or two weeks ago, mm. David Fogarty as well, Mark Bergen, they've all been kind of lighting yeah. it up, but it was Jamie Ryan that took the, the Jamie game. Jamie Ryan, yeah. By the scruff of the neck. Um, so if Jamie's listening into that, I'm not saying it's remarkable that you were a good game, Jamie, I'm saying with all the names of all them players, you know, Jamie was the one that stood up and took the game by the, by the scruff of the neck on on Saturday and um, helped O'Loughlin Gales over the line there as well. Uh, Clara, you know, they beat Boyd enough by by the score like one nineteen is a decent score to put up against the Lachlan Gales, one of the best backs in the you know, you have to remember the back line you're facing into there. Um so one nineteen would be a pretty decent score there in that game in my opinion. But it's gone to form O'Loughlin Gales, you would have expected the game to win the game. They did win the game. These two teams have different paths to take now. Clara Mullinavat, probably the game of the weekend next weekend, as is the village and and, and yeah. Shamrocks Shamrocks yeah the Clara Mullinavac game is carrying a savage amount of importance now ok that's fair um, just so Lachlan's very briefly I, d- I think we tend to brush over them because they've kind of been going about their business nice and quietly three wins from four narrow defeat to Dixborough is their only blemish on their copybook uh, they are going to be fine tuned for championship I would have thought under Brian Hogan oh definitely um, I presume Mikey Butler was rested at the weekend he picked up a knock the last day I've seen them playing Um 
I can't remember was it a rib or a leg injury but I think it might have been his ribs he, but he picked up a knock anyway so I'd say he got rested but no Lachlan Gales are they're really really strong anyone that's going to see them play their half back line are, are just a joy to watch David Fogarty Paddy Deegan Jordan Malloy absolutely brilliant Jamie Ryan again the other day was super and to have the forwards to get you the scores Mark Bergen Keane Loy Owen, Owen Wall you know they have it everywhere um, these they'll, they'll have a lot to say in this championship this year ok um, Dixborough and Mullinavat two goals and 20 points to 119 um, probably went as expected as well in the sense that Borough got over the line in the end but Mullinavat put up a hell of a fight yeah they did and like <clears throat> to be fair to Mullinavat Oshie Knox didn't play Willie Dwyer didn't come on until maybe six or seven minutes ago I don't know I don't know why or what was wrong or, or, or what I, I know I think Oshie Knox was away Okay. Um, but I'm not 100% um, now in fairness John Walsh came in to the team obviously John Walsh is a certain starter anyway Yeah. Um, but he, he was away and he came in he was absolutely unplayable like he was just brilliant um, he was a torn and Dixborough side for the whole game. Like he just had them driven mad. Um, he was he was everywhere. His work rate was brilliant. Um, Michael Malone hit a couple of outrageous points from the half back line. Really good performance as well. Kind of got leggy near the end of the game. Got taken off. I think he came off as well. Um, but it was just it was just a it was a bloody really good championship yeah. match. Um, like we we picked the team of the week this week and like. Andy Gaffney didn't make did Andy Gaffney make no the team of the week? he's he, not in it Andy didn't make the team of the week he scored 2-4 Jesus um, <laughs> <laughs> but you'll see you'll see it like it's getting extremely hard now it is yeah Aidan Nolan was superb hit three points from wing forward um, Killian Buckley like he's sitting at wing forward um, he just he just goes about his business at wing forward really, really well. When Dixborough come under the cosh a little bit, he kind of sits into midfield. Um, and then, uh, it was just, look, they're very, very good. Dara Hulan's puck out's absolutely on point. He's, he's superb. Another player that didn't make the team of the week. Yeah, uh, yeah. But um, it, it, I think it was a really good game and I think it was a really, really good win. I know from talking to some of the Dixborough people after the game, they said that, you know, the one thing that they were, they, they did fear the physicality that Mullinavat were going to bring. And, you know, like if I told you before the game that Mullinavat were only going to lose by four points to Dixborough with all known form you'd have said I was crazy like yeah. um, but it was it was, a, it was an absolute belter of a game it was a brilliant advertisement for, for Harland and Kilkenny Mullinavat now have three defeats in a row but the last two against O'Loughlin's before the break and now the Borough very tight games are we starting to see the Mullinavat that we know when you compare it to that hammering that they got at the yeah. hands of Tullerone 100% sure okay. and, and next week I think from listening to Colm O'Byrne after the game I think I think O'Shea Knox is back I think I think this is the thing and this is what happens as well because you don't see it. you get to see a team sheet and unless you're at the match yeah. you don't see who starts who doesn't start who was missing like I'm saying about Glenmore earlier I think Mullinavat have been quite unlucky with some of the players they've been missing like John Walsh I've been seeing Mullinavat three times this year that's the first time I've seen John Walsh yeah um, he was away yeah. do you know so he's back Bennis Bridge the same Liam Blanchfield you know, so they're getting the bodies on the field, and I think that's what's going to stand to Mullinavat a lot more. Mullinavat Clara next weekend, as I said to you, is probably going to be of this group. It's going to be the biggest game of the weekend. Um, from what I've seen, I can't see another than Mullinavat winning that game. Okay, um, we'll get on to all the fixtures, but just to say about the Borough, we had the Borough and Glenmore as the two standout teams in the league so far. The Borough now are out on their own after this win, are they? Yeah. 
they are they're 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 able to do it in in, in every way like there's no the, I was driving home my, my young Eddie was with me in the car coming home from the match and we were talking about the game and it was you know Killian Hackett was another player that we were talking about the work rate of midfield how well he played uh, Killian Buckley was brilliant Aidan Nolan was brilliant Lee Moore didn't play yeah, come on with maybe 10 minutes ago I, 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 I don't know what the idea was Harry Shine was named on the subs and started centre forward Lee Moore came on from I think Harry went off for a blood sub and then got substituted fully afterwards but um you know they were able to hold him back like there's no two ways around it Lee Moore is obviously going to be a starter in the championship I would imagine um, and 100% actually yeah. <laughs> definitely going to be a starter but I, I, I don't know what the reason was or was he a little bit sore or what was the story but they're just they have a short game they have a long game they have a really good poke out strategy they have it everywhere like it's uh, I've been saying it since before the championship started Dixborough for me this is their year yeah Okay, uh, the last game was on... All these games actually were on Saturday afternoon. Tullerone, two goals and 21 points. Danes Fort, 119. I suppose in a way, even though Tullerone got another win, the story here is Danes Fort and the fact that they are probably pulling a bit closer than what they were at the start of it. Yeah, and it's like... It's it's kind of a mad one as well because Danes Fort went into this game without Richie Hogan. Uh, Richie's gone. Um, Torn his hamstring. Yeah. So that is that him finished? In turn, um, not, not finish, finished. I know he's retired and the best of luck to him and he had a great innings with Kilkenny, but finished for this year's uh, league and championship. Um, Torn hamstring, like. Yeah, but see, you're, you're, you weren't listening to the doctor giving you that announcement there. You were no, it was his brother. Paddy Ace, he tore his hamstring, but like, I mean, and not being smart. Okay, I see where you're going there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I tore the whole yes, out a few yeah. pints last night. Yeah. And I, didn't, I didn't actually, you know. So I, yeah. I don't know. And I think, in, in in fairness to Paddy, when he was giving his medical assessment, he said he'd be back in a week or two. So I don't know. I don't know how bad that injury is. I hope, I hope it's it's nothing too serious for Richie because I know how much the club means to him and how much he wants to play in them games and how much of a leader he is for them. But that would have been a big knock for. Um, Danes for missing out on him you know he's a massive massive player for him uh, I think Darrow O'Neill went off injured in that game as well or he didn't start to us. I know there was an issue with Darrow O'Neill oh, as well he was struggling as well before um, so, games, wasn't he? so like I don't know if he didn't start or he went off injured but you know again a major major issue there for, for, for Danes Ford um, there was a young lad there Aina, Aina Cassidy I, I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong now actually it's um yeah, I'm going to say Aina Cassidy if I'm pronouncing your surname wrong Aina I'm sorry um, he's number 17 on the sheet there but he was absolutely brilliant as well um, Aina yeah, yeah Aina, it's a surname Aina Casada Aina Casada yeah. he was absolutely um, I had no issue with the first name Robbie <laughs> no, no, <laughs> uh, sorry uh, <laughs> there was no father so I wasn't sure yeah but he was he was, he was, he was excellent he okay. really was um, you know top notch Des Dunn had a brilliant game and the aforementioned Paddy Hogan in the goal Absolutely brilliant. I heard Paddy Hogan has struggled in the first game against Munlevat, but since then he's obviously been very, very good in the goal. Yeah, like he is. He, like his poke outs and like the, the, the big thing for goalkeepers: save the ball, be good in the air, and have a brilliant poke out. And you need them three things. And I would say of the three, saving the ball and having a really good poke out are the two most important things. Yeah. Um, and he has, you know, he has that, and his poke outs were were were, were really really good uh, the other day. He, he he put in, he put in a shift, and he would have been under a lot of pressure as well. Tullerone or, you know, Massey Kion was a total thorn in the side of of the the Danes four backs. But uh, I thought he did well. Danes four would be buoyed from that four point yeah. defeat against the Tullerone team, five point defeat. Sorry, against the Tullerone team. You know who have been Tullerone have given a couple of scutchings to teams as well. well have, now. Yeah. Um, so I. 
I think I think you know if if you're Willie Coogan, you're kind of targeting. You're in relegation now anyway. Like Aaron's own, you know you're going to be there. So you've next weekend. No matter what happens, they're finishing bottom of the group. I think anyway. So um, I think next weekend, what you probably look at doing is getting some rest into some of the players maybe look at some tactical stuff that you can try and work with and, and maybe get some bodies on the field and have a look at them at this level and see if they're going to be there for us in the semi-finals and, and, and target that semi-final as your county final guarantee one thing Dane's fourth biggest biggest agenda this season is to stay up yeah do you think a semi-final will be one step too far in terms of winning that game because it's going to either be the Shamrocks Ballycall in the village or the bridge it might, might be it might be but you have to go for it I suppose at that stage this anyway, it, but when you're in a relegation semi-final you've you've two county finals you've the semi-final and the final, the final. do you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah. so they just need to get one big performance as mm. you know from last year's championship mm. um, so who knows I think I think all all roads look like they're Danesford are in trouble but but who knows I, okay. I, I, I'd I love to see them kicking on a bit there Tullerone themselves they're just going about their business yeah. as, long as they always do um, since they've come up from intermediate they've always been there thereabouts um, Mossy Keown I think was the the main driving force behind Tullerone at the weekend and Tommy Dunn actually was brilliant as well okay. to be fair so uh, good weekend for Tullerone so to go through that table Dixborough are on top 8 points from 8 that's 4 straight victories and a plus 37 scoring difference by some distance uh, the best in the county O'Loughlin Gales are in second with six points Tullerone are in third with six points it is O'Loughlin Gales victory over Tullerone that means they currently lie ahead of, of um, Tullerone in second uh, fourth and fifth it's Clara with two points Mullen Vat with two points a big game this weekend between those sides Dane's fourth are on bottom with zero points I mentioned it there half past one in Dr Tierney Park it's Clara versus Mullen Vat this Saturday at the same time a further two games Dane's fourth versus O'Loughlin Gales in Jenkinstown and then Dixborough taking on Tullerone in Ballyragget um, I'll, I'll go through the other two for games first before we get to Clare and Mullen because you did highlight as maybe the game of the weekend Dixborough and Tullerone first of all if we work under the assumption that Lachlan's will beat Danes Fort with the greatest respects to Danes Fort that means Dixborough if Tullerone were to beat Dixborough all teams would sit on 8 points um, so this is a very very big game it is I think if all teams sit on 8 points Dixborough will top they um, should do yeah well uh, well you see Tullerone would only have to beat them by 5 points to better their scoring difference yeah um, there's no one going to be beating Dixborough by 5 points 5 points isn't a massive beating in the hurling anymore well, that's anyway. what I'm saying 5, five, seven, eight know, points. five Dix- isn't inconceivable no it's not I think the way the results are going to go at the weekend I think Dixborough will beat Tullerone I think O'Loughlin Gales will beat Danesford so you know I think that's to me is a so given so it's Dixborough top or I think, second yeah I think Dixborough are going to finish top or Lachlan Gales are going to finish second Tullerone and Dixborough it'll be an absolute belter of a game but the biggest thing that you need to work out on this weekend is what are these teams going to do this weekend are they going to go hammering tongs at it or are they going to start taking a bit of a, a breather and giving lads a rest do you think for Dixborough it's, it's really crucial you know it's not again I, I don't want to go too hard on Dainsford but O'Loughlin's could give Dainsford a proper you know, double digit scalding. If Tullerone then were to beat Dixborough by five points or four or five points, you know, it's tight. Dixborough finished third. It's, I don't think it's likely, but it's not like completely beyond the rounds of possibility. Dixborough would be wary of that, surely. I mean, third for them would be a disaster. Not because they're, you know, they're still in the championship, but just purely because they've been so good. And then right at the death to not make the top two would feel like a huge blow, I would have thought. Um, yeah, it probably would. When I say about wrestling players as well, Dixborough are a team 
they have a subs match. They have three or four yeah. lads that they can bring in. Like I think it's widely regarded that they have the best panel in the county. Is that fair? Well, like you'd Harry Shine listed as a sub the other day, and instead of Harry Shine being on the bench, they'd Lee Moore on the bench. Shane Stapleton was on the bench. Um, earlier in the championship, Killian Buckley wasn't playing. Um, they have a serious panel, like, and this is why I'm saying. Dixborough could turn around and, and reshuffle a few bodies and if anyone's got a leg or anything like that give him a bit of a breather but I don't know if I was if I was involved with, with Dixborough I'd be, I'd be aiming at this saying look you know beat them go and beat Tullerone put a marker down we'll be in the league final kick on from there but they've been a joy to watch so far in the championship I think regardless of what happens at the weekend Dixborough are going to have a they're going to be flying going into the knockout stages OK and then it is the big one Clara and Mullen Winner takes all in the sense that they're not in a relegation semi-final. If it's a draw, Clara will finish above Mullinavat as a result of their superior scoring difference. I think you alluded to it a little bit earlier. You see Mullinavat getting the win here. I do. Um, I think. I think it'll be tight. Um, as as these games are going to be, I think it'll be it'll be it'll be relatively tight. I think. I think the Mullinavat backs. Um, I know. Dixborough got 220 at the weekend which from, from Dixborough scoring this year in the championship is not massive either now. Um, <laughs> but mad really um, but, but Mullinavat they're just they're, they're big players Tom Aylward um, Liam Fenley Michael Malone Oshin Knox when he comes back into that team and and, and, and the aforementioned um, young John Watch there in John the corner Walsh, yeah. like I think they'll just have a bit too much I actually think whoever gets Mullinavat in the first round of the championship if they beat Clara they need to be under guard too because I think this Mullinavat team could be hitting hitting road at the right time now yeah okay um, this this feels like a really really big game to me uh, just in terms of where both seasons go for the clubs uh, like if if Clara were to win it would you could imagine them kicking on but if Mullinavat were to lose on the other side of things I, I would have thought that would be very disappointing for them for the two teams, Robbie, the big problem you have is is mentally where you're going to be after the match. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's um, the one getting it. Yeah. And I think they'll be going into a relegation semi final against Aaron's own the following week, on the back of a, what I'd say, you know, I put it this way: Mullinavat lost to Dixborough yesterday or on Saturday, right? They'll go training tomorrow. There'll be a buzz in the camp. Yeah. You know, after losing the match, I can tell you if they lose to Clara next Saturday, there will not be a buzz in the camp on Monday. There'll be a fear the the worry will start setting in we're in trouble here and the same for Clara if they lose to Mullinavat that's Aaron's own are there now they have two weeks now they know in two weeks time they're playing a relegation semi-final they're waiting in the long grass you know they'll be that's a to, big advantage isn't it 100% yeah. they have two weeks to get I know this is sounding nuts now oh no no yeah. but it's, it, it just gives you that bit of time you know where you are the whole lot these two teams are going to play each other in the county final next weekend and one of them is going to be beaten and the team that's going to be beaten are going to have less than a week to pick their teeth up off the ground and go again against a team that's had two weeks to focus f- fully on this one game so I'm telling you whoever loses that game we'd fair for them OK so this is with your results what you think it'll finish up on Dixborough will be on top with 10 points then O'Loughlin's will be in second with 8 points Tullerone will finish in third with 6 then come Mullinavat with 4 Clara with 2 and Danes fourth with zero so that's how you think the table will finish exactly how it will finish I would have it exactly like that as well so that wraps up our senior talk in terms of the fixtures that came and the fixtures that are coming up just to let you know 
will be at all of these games Saturday at half past one Greg Ballycannon versus Aaron Zone Venice Bridge versus Glenmore James Stevens versus Ballyhale Shamrocks in Group A in Group B it's Clare versus Mullinabat Danes Ford versus O'Loughlin Gales Dixborough versus Tullerone as I said Casey Lauer will be at all of those games so if you are at the match make sure to tune in you'll find out the results from all of the other games and that uh, we will as I said be across all the action this weekend in the Kilkenny Senior Hurling League there's one more point uh, one more thing to get at Eddie before we go on to the intermediate side of things the team of the week uh, this has caused a fair bit of contention and debate and other things uh, which we're quite happy about to be honest with you but it is what it is uh, this weekend's team of the week returning after a one week break like the senior league itself what is it? Look, there's going to be murder over this team of the week. <laughs> there's going to be murder Naturally. every week. The sooner teams start getting knocked out of championship, the, <laughs> the easier it is to pick these. The county final team yeah, of the week. Yeah, so again, you know, just, just to put it out there as well, because I've I seen a couple of people give me dirty looks yesterday at the match. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I heard one person saying he picks the team of the week. I don't uh, pick it all on my own, uh, to be fair. And it is picked on the basis ah, of... you do. Yeah, we do. Uh, no, when it comes down you to 50 yourself, 50s, You always think you're right. I do because I generally am but when it comes down to 50-50 decisions I have to make the calls I will start off by saying the very unlucky ones okay Okay. Dara Hulan in goal for Dixborough the other day didn't make the team of the week this week he was brilliant he had an absolutely brilliant game in yeah. the ball his pockets were, and everything were super so I think it's important to point that out two players from Bennett's Bridge yesterday that didn't make the team of the week Liam Blanchfield a full forward and Nicky Clare Nicky Clare had a raft of scores from freeze did well from play he was throwing himself around the pitch he did very well and Liam Blanchfield was just a thorn in the side of the, of the Ballyhale Shamrocks team also very very unlucky not to be in the team and the last one that's unlucky not to be in the team this week is Andy Gaffney he was I thought he was superb um, I think the lads that outvoted me on selecting Andy there should hang their heads in the shame the lads um, so I think he was excellent hanging him out to dry anyway team of the week this week in the goal, number one is Paddy Hogan, Dainsford. Excellent performance. I think he deserves it. Robbie, any questions or arguments on that? No, I was. I'll be honest. I was off this weekend. As I said, I listened to all the games, but uh, in terms of vast, vast knowledge of this, I'm going to have to stick with what you have gone with. The backs. Then what we've done is we've, we, as we do every week, is we pick six backs to play in it. So we're going with Tommy Dunn from Tullerone, Enda Morrissey from Bennett's Bridge, and Tom Dunphy from Great Bally Callan. In the half back line, we went with Des Dunn from Dainsford. Niall Brazel from James Stevens and Timmy Clifford from Dixborough Timmy was superb as well okay. Michael Marone was a little bit unlucky there as well from Ulnavat to be okay. fair Just before we go into the midfield then Eddie uh, that back line Tommy Dunn has had a very very good season with Tullerone Oh yeah he's been superb yeah he's been in the half back line mainly but he's 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 been top top Corner class back here yeah but he's been very good In the Morrissey somebody that I think was in around the Kilkenny panel for quite some time uh, he makes the team of the week for the first time this year if I'm not mistaken maybe pipped it there in the first week um, but you mentioned him there obviously he was very very good against I, the Shamrocks literally he, genuinely he stood out hands for me defending wise he, he was head and shoulders above everybody he was absolutely top notch you know he genuinely he just gave an exhibition there full back play and as I said he 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 was really touched high on own, own code he was real old school stuff like ok and another player that's been in and out of Kilkenny panels over the years Niall Brazel um, is he still on free taking duty for the village and how good has he been for them uh, he was superb he was centre back the other day um, just holding that whole middle of the field he's just look he's a brilliant hurler as well and he's, yeah. he's one of these lads that's going to carry you through these games Um Look, he, he he was superb. There was, and he, all six of them backs were were absolutely excellent at the weekend. Okay. Um, you know, so 
you couldn't argue with and there's seven or eight other backs that could be arguing that they were unlucky but they're the six we went with in the end but Niall that was the biggest performance I've seen from him so far Midfield? Midfield we went with Jamie Ryan from O'Loughlin Gales he, he had a big big day at the office um, the other day he, he really did drive good it player. on for, yeah very good and he was you know he just stood out he, he really did stand out in, in midfield the other day and then in the Bennisbridge Ballyhale game um, Kevin Blanchfield in midfield for, for Bennisbridge he 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 gave an exhibition. He is flying, isn't he? Yeah, he got a goal there yesterday as well. Now he, you know, and it wasn't. It was, you know, the the, the run, the amount of work that went into what he did for that goal was just. It was it was different gravy. But um, no, he was he he genuinely he really was brilliant. He got one two or one three. Mm. Um, he got one absolutely brilliant point as well. Like oh, he he was superb. He, okay. He, no, definitely he was brilliant. The two of them, no arguments there on that. Fair enough. Four uh, line. Yeah. Anyone that didn't go to the games, Luke Scanlon was listed as a midfielder. He played in the forest system. Brian's obviously listening to the podcast, oh, yeah. you know. Naturally. <laughs> so, but uh, Luke Luke automatically gets straight into the team. Man of the match again the other day. He was fantastic. Um, Tommy Ronan for Greg Bally Callan. He had a brilliant game. Um, he's been going about his business. He's the captain. Yeah. A few captains doing it. Like Luke is captain for the village as mm. well. Um Tommy is captain for, for, for Greg Ballycall. And I wonder does it give them a little bit more of a empathy. I know to push it was it done uh, at our own club. I don't want to name the player. He's he's a young lad, he's actually younger than myself and I'm only twenty three. Um he's in college down in Cork. He's a very, very good hurler. And Cheddar Plunkett, who's the manager of St Martin's, made him the captain because he was concerned that he might not commit as much because he's very intellectually on top of his game as well. Like he mightn't commit as much and I think it has worked wonders because he's been one of the star players of the season. Do you think they do that on purpose? Other managers? Um, I don't know. To get um, the best out of players. Would you ever do that as a manager, no? Kind of pick a captain to get the best out of that player. In turn, it will make the team better. I've often overlooked the person for the captaincy because I felt that the pressure of being the captain way too much on him. I've never went the other route where I said I'm going to make him the captain in the hope that I might get more out of him. Um, I'd always look for leaders on the pitch and, and, and leaders off the pitch lads that lead by example in the whole that's where I'd be picking my captain from and I generally wouldn't pick the captain until maybe two or three months into the season okay. I'd see who's really okay. yeah no I'd let them get going for a while first and yeah. unless I knew the team if I was there on my third year or yeah, something yeah 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 um, but no I think I can see I can see why you would have but I've, I've noticed it this year a lot of the lads that have the C's beside their name are really like Enda Morrissey is the captain for Venice Bridge and he, he gave us an exhibition of fullback. He starred there. Like. Do you think, I know this is a bit mad, there's more belief that the clubs can win a county title this year and that the captains are thinking, you this know, is my, this is my time to shine? Um, I, I think, you know, there the, the, the wouldn't be a huge amount of vanity. There is a little bit, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't have um, At this know, stage, maybe not as no, much. No, but anyway. you're home at your house and you're lying in bed before you go to sleep at night. You are, you know, has to be lying to you if they tell you that they're not taking a walk up steps in the yeah, park yeah. picking up that trophy. But um, no, it's it's been it's been notable to me that the captains have stood out okay. a little bit in games. The other player in the half forward then anyway is um Ballyhill Shamrock's TJ Reid. Mm, got more than most teams this weekend. Yeah, and it was just it wasn't just the scores though. It's it's it, it's just everything. Um I don't know, he's just anyone that hasn't had a chance to go and watch him this season with the club you need to go and watch him like I mean TJ's not going to be around forever like we're going to run out of rope on yeah. TJ and you'll have regrets that you didn't get to see him when he was in his like he's not in his pomp anymore but my god he gave some I brought my two young lads down to watch the game yesterday and the only player they wanted to talk about on the way home was TJ Reid like yeah. he's just he's just brilliant um, then into the full forward line then it was a hard one here because obviously Andy Gaffney didn't make the full forward line but we went with John Walsh from Mullen 
he he was brilliant. Yeah. Mossy Keown from Tullerone gave another exhibition for Tullerone this year and he's been doing it in every game. And Sean Morrissey from Bennisbridge, he was listed a full forward but he played well out the field. Um, he was excellent. He got four points uh, in the game. A couple of brilliant scores from, from distance as well. Like, um, it's a really, really strong team. That 15 would win the county championship, just so you know. I would have thought so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah probably Ballyhill stopping, but anyway, who knows. Um, okay, so just to run through that 15 then, it's Paddy Hogan in the goal. The full back line is Tommy Dunn, Enda Morrissey, and Tom Dunphy. The two half backs are Des Dunn and Timmy Clifford with Niall Brazel at centre back. The midfield pair are Jamie Ryan and Kevin Blanchfield. Moving on to the half forward line, it is Luke Scanlon, TJ Reid, and Tommy Ronan with the full forward line reading. As Eddie just said there, John Walsh is in one corner, Sean Morrissey is in the other corner Mossy Keown is at full forward so that is our team of the week it will be back next weekend for the final round of action in the St. Canice's Credit Union Kilkenny Senior Hurling League we're now into the podcast we've only discussed the senior ranks that's how competitive and how appetising this weekend's fixtures are Intermediate, similarly Eddie, it is very, very competitive here. Group A over the weekend started on Friday night. Liz Downey won 18 to 16 point winners over Moonkine. Connie Shamrocks defeated the Fenians to get their first win of the season by two goals and 21 points to three goals and 13 points. St. Martin's, my own club, with a really good victory over Young Ireland's yesterday, 17 points to 15. In Group B, it was one, a one-sided affair against two teams with a 100% record. Thomastown, three goals and 16 points. Dunhamagan, one goal and 13 points. The Blacks and Whites will be playing intermediate hurling next year. That's after they defeated Carrick Shock by four goals and 18 points to three goals and 14 points. And the Roar and the Steag were quite comfortable in their win Overall, Auckland Gales, one goal and 21 points to one goal and eight points. We'll start with Group B, if you don't mind, Eddie, because this is one we're going to run through very quick. Yeah, I'm going Pretty to just, much everything is sorted. Yeah, no, no, I will correct you on one thing. Blacks might be playing senior next year, Robbie. Oh, sorry. At a minimum. <laughs> At a minimum. See, so yeah. you're the optimist. I'm the pessimist in this. Do you know what I mean? So I was thinking, they're just guaranteed intermediate. No, 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 they're no, safe no, no, no. and all this. I was taking your advice on Glenn Moore. You know, you're, you, no. you stay safe. That's different, amazing. Different targets. These will be senior next year, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably because you're not the manager. Possibly. I'm so, joking. Robbie, I'm joking. So, yeah. I'm joking, Eddie. I know you won the um, junior county title with them. <laughs> I didn't know. He was just there when they won the junior Oh, title. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. Into this group. Dunhamag and Thomastown I had said to you I thought Thomastown were a bit ahead of everybody in the group uh, as it transpired at the weekend that's a big win for Thomastown again they are getting a lot of scores they are I, I looked at it afterwards it's not plus 30 but they're plus 25 26 points in every game you know um, yeah and a 42 scoring difference yeah I think the night of the bad weather to give Blacks and Whites a ferocious trimming and that's yeah. probably tipped the scales a little bit on the score difference for them it doesn't matter it's not going to come down to score difference for either nope. Um look the way it is in this group uh if Thomastown and Dunhamagan are still going to finish first and second this weekend's games I suppose the easiest way to look at it that way like yeah well I just I'll run through the table as it stands just so people have context Thomastown are on top with eight Dunhamagan with six Roran Steeg then with four points Blacks and Whites with four Carrick Shock have two points in fifth O'Loughlin Gales are bottom with zero points so continue from where you left off yeah so Thomastown are playing Carrick Shock this weekend and I would expect nothing less than a Thomastown win and a comfortable one at that Carrick Shock are absolutely been dogged with injuries this year is um, that what's happening? Yeah, there's a good few players missing there. John Power was playing full back um, the other day against Blacks and Whites. You know, that's... Jesus, yeah. So, you know, and you need that man up the other end of the field. It's Look, it's it's a tough time for them um, and the are missing players. But I think Thomastown will beat Carrick Shock at the weekend. I think for the first time I'm going to tip Blacks and Whites to lose a match. I think Rohr and will beat Blacks and Whites. Um, and I think Dunham Magan then will beat O'Loughlin Gales as well. So the, the table will finish with... 
Uh, top of the table it'll be Thomastown second it'll be Dunhamagan third it'll be Roar in Teague fourth it'll be Blacks and Whites fifth it'll be Carrick Shock and sixth it'll be O'Loughlin Gales yeah uh, I'm going to go with you on all them I think Thomastown will beat Carrick Shock Dunhamagan will beat O'Loughlin's and I think Roar and Teague will beat Blacks and Whites so that, mean fin- that means that the table will finish like this just let people know it would all teams would actually remain in the same position so Thomastown would finish on 10 points on top Dunhamagan would finish on 8 points in second then Roar and Teague would come third with 6 Blacks and Whites would be in fourth with 4 points Carrick Shock would be second from bottom with 2 points and O'Loughlin Gales would be bottom with 0 points uh, a very I have to say of the 4 groups as such between senior and intermediate this is the one that lacks a, a bit in entertainment it's really only Carrick Sharp Rowan Steeg and Blacks and White with something to play for and that's even only third and fourth yeah it is there's inevitability about the group there's no two ways around it um, and then when you look at the other group it's 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 that much tighter on the far side um, there's no two ways around it um, you know I think most of the teams in the group Thomastown will definitely be happy where they are Dunhamagan will also be very happy where they are uh, Roaring is still be disappointed about where they are in the table in, in third yeah. um, Blacks and Whites Blacks and Whites will be delighted um, yeah. you know they've, they've had two wins going into the weekend they could have a third win if they beat Roar they'll finish third in the group they'd have took that beforehand so I think you know there, there is probably a bit of an air of an inevitability to the group you know but I wouldn't be too. I wouldn't be writing off Dunhamagan. I wouldn't write off anybody in this group when it gets into the latter stages. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um, just to let people know it's Carrickshock and Thomastown in Wine Gap this Sunday, two o'clock. Roar and Seag and Blacks and Whites face off in Doctor Tierney Park down in Gregnam Manor again Sunday at two o'clock. And at the same time in Tullerone, Dunhamagan versus O'Loughlin Gales. Okay. So that wraps wraps up our talk of Group B. Group A over the weekend, as I said, Liz Downey won 18 and kind 16 points. That was on Friday in St. John's Park. Phoenix lost to Connie Shamrocks by 3 goals and 13 points to 2 goals and 21 points. And St. Martins will definitely definitely be playing intermediate hurling next year, if not senior after a 17 points to 15 win over Young Ireland's. Might start there, Eddie. I went for St. Martins last weekend. You went for Young Ireland's. Another tight game. St. Martins come out on top again a very very good victory and they are flying it when you compare it to last year yeah no in fairness you know this is Cheddar's first year in charge he's made he's, he's made massive inroads into oh huge you know it's it's to be fair to him he, he's done he's done a, he's done a brilliant job um, there's a bit of belief coming back into them that was a tough game at the weekend um, Young Ireland's I know I tipped up Young Ireland's to win the game it was a heart overhead there Um but it was only a two point loss I think the type of game it was if I'm not mistaken I think Mocha Lee got 14 points from freeze or 13 points from oh, freeze oh I'd well believe it yeah. um, you know it was one of them type of dogged games it wasn't Mikey or Sean Carey was moved back up into the forwards um, I think Michael Walsh went their backs and the whole it was just it was a tough day for Corn. I suppose they're the free taking from Mocha Lee obviously your free takers on point mm. um, and then I'd say Gorn would probably be looking at their discipline there to give away them frees that ended up in scores but um, I'd say the relegation side on that group is going to be tight now going into the last game of the weekend like Young Ireland's are playing Fenians this weekend yeah that's a huge huge match um, but just on St Martins they have a plus five scoring difference they've come out on top in all of their games bar one against the Fenians which was a very tight game but all of their games have been very tight the thing that seems to be a consistent team with them is the defence he's obviously made them an incredibly difficult side to play against and they are very hard to beat uh, they, 
they are. I I tell you something now. They, they, down, uh, St. Martin's only lost one game so far. Yes. And that the, was to, to the, the Fiends, Fiends. Yeah. Which would be the one game you would have expected them to win. Along with Connie. You know, but but in, do you know what I'm saying? You yeah, 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 I of, get you. Yeah. So maybe the favourites tag doesn't sit well with them. I don't know. But no, it might. They're playing Liz Downey this weekend. You, you know, this is this is when we'll see defensively, structure-wise, defensive-wise, St. Martins have been really, really good. Yeah, yeah. They're going to get tested this weekend. Certainly will. Um, you mentioned Liz Downey there. Again, they just seem to be ticking the boxes off at the moment. Another win against Moonkine. <sighs> All roads lead to a Liz Downey-Thomastown final unless they meet along the way. Yeah, it'd be the final everybody, it's not the final everybody would be wanting, but it's it'd be on the farm right now, it'd be a Thomas Down Liz Downey final. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just, like Thomas Down, I love Thomas Down. I think they're really, really good. I think they're super team. But I just, from the outset this year, I said to you, I just couldn't see past Liz Downey and Intermediate. Okay. And I can't, I still can't. There's nothing that's changed my mind here. Every game, when Liz Downey dropped their form, they win by five points. Okay. And Munkine are very competitive as well. They are. Munkine are a really good team. Um, they have some brilliant players. I mean, Pow Walsh, Adam Croke, Killian Hogan. Like, these are really, really good forwards. Um, Paul Hennerby at centre back. Like, you know, Munkine, that's, if, if I was blacks and whites now, that's the one team I wouldn't want to be playing in the first round. Yeah. And then the big spanner in the works this weekend Connie Shamrock's first win of the year. They defeated the Fenians. And now we have a very interesting final there when it comes to who's going to finish in the bottom two. Yeah, you've treated them on two points. Um, Young Ireland's Fenians and Conaghy. And Young Ireland's are playing the Fenians. Conaghy are playing Mooncoin. Mooncoin are kind of safe. They're on, you know... They're Not on guaranteed, but more than likely because of their scoring difference. Yeah, so they're on four points, isn't it? Yeah, so they could go through the group again. Sorry, you know, to, to interrupt. But Liz Downey are on top with eight. St. Martin's then come in second with six um, so they're actually guaranteed to be the top two It's if St. Martin's beat Liz Downey they'll finish top if Liz Downey avoid defeat they'll finish top but they will be the top two Munkine then come in third on four points crucially with a scoring difference of plus eight Young Ireland's in fourth with two points minus five scoring difference Fenians are second from bottom with two points minus 13 scoring difference Conaghy remained bottom despite that win over the weekend two points minus 15 scoring difference so if Conaghy were to beat Munkine and one of the Fenians and the Young Ireland's won and the scoring difference flipped now it would take a lot <laughs> Moonkine could finish in the bottom two but I don't think it's likely I think you're laughing there but like, it could happen <laughs> it actually Robbie so if Conaghy beat Moonkine right mm. <laughs> so Young Ireland's are minus five so you need you need Conaghy to give Moonkine a right trimming um, Moonkine are plus eight now so you want 12 points yeah <laughs> it's a stock. It could happen. It could. Two, two, two quick goals at the end or something like that. <laughs> the way this group is going to finish, Liz Downey are going to beat St. Martin's at the weekend. So Liz Downey are going to finish top. Well, that might not necessarily happen now, Edward. Liz Downey will beat St. Martin's at the weekend, I think. Uh, 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 for me. Okay. St. Martin's will finish second in the group. Yep. Um, which is fine. Which Mon- is great. Yeah. No, it is 100%. Munkine and Connie. I could actually see Connie winning that game. Because um, they're more in the line. Yeah, I think it, I think you know it could happen um, that Connie win the game, and then you've Young Ireland's against Fenians, flick a coin there. That'll be Young Ireland's. I hope so. Yeah, I I think I think. Um, <coughs> so you think it'll be Connie and the Fenians? Will we say in the bottom two? I'd imagine it will be Connie and the Fenians in the bottom two, and I think then you're going to end up with Blacks and Whites against Moon Coin on the other side, and Roaring Steve against Young Ireland's. 
Okay. Do you know, do you know what I mean? I think that's yeah. how it'll fare out. One of the lads in work this morning said to me um, about Fenians. I thought it was very funny the way he said it, but he just said that Fenians have, have put down more people than most undertakers. Yeah, and he said that the last thing you want to be playing um, before relegation is Fenians, and I, I think Young Ireland's won't be taking that for granted here. No. Okay, so just to confirm then, this is a bit of a head-scratcher, this one. Um, Connie will beat Moonkine, in your estimation. Connie could beat Moonkine. I don't think they will. I think they could. Oh, you don't think they will? No, no. I think I think Moonkine will... It'll be tight. I think Moonkine will win that game. Okay, so you have Moonkine to win. That'll yeah. put them on to six. Uh, Lisdownie will beat St. Martins. That means Lisdownie... Well, you have it down as that. So Lisdownie will go to ten. St. Martins will be on six. They'll stay in second. Moonkine will be on six. Connie will stay bottom then with two points. Guaranteed bottom if they lose that game or yeah. more or less guaranteed. Then the crunch game, a bit like Mundavat and Clara. Young Irons and Fenians... How do you see this going, Young Irons, to win? Yeah, but look, it's it's again. I I, I genuinely think this is a, a coin flip. This one because both teams are going poor. There's no way of dressing it up. The two teams are going very poor. Um, I think, I think I'd love I'd love for Young Irons to win the game. Um, I really hope they do win the game. It depends on what Young Irons. I said this last week as well. Young Irons weren't exactly beaten out of the field by by Saint Martin's. So there's a lot of disrespect given to Saint Martin's as well. You know, people would say, "Oh, that's a terrible result for Young Ireland." Saint Martin's are going really well. They've beaten three teams in the group already out of four. So um, I wouldn't see anything wrong with being beaten by Saint Martin's in any any game. You know, so Young Ireland's aren't too bad either. But I don't know how that game's going to go. I'm going for Young Ireland purely because I live in Gorn. Okay, so that this is how the group would finish. If it goes by any of these predicted results, there's Downey be top on 10. St. Martin's will come in second with six. McKine will be in third with six. Young Ireland's will finish fourth with four points. Fenians will finish second from bottom with two. Connie Shamrocks will be bottom with two points. Uh, I agree with you on Fenians and Young Ireland's. I think Young Ireland's will win that. I think Fenians will be in a relegation fight and I think they will be relegated this year. I will go with St. Martin's to beat Liz Downey. So St. Martins will finish top of the group. Uh, I'll just go for it. But look, that that is certainly heart overhead stuff. Um, and I'll go with Connie to beat Moonkind. But Connie will still be in a relegation fight purely down to their scoring difference. So I'll have Connie second from bottom, Phoenix from bottom. Um, and then St. Martins top, Liz Downey second. They're the big differences on my one. So that's the intermediate side of things. Eddie, just let people know, again, we'll be at all of these games on Sunday, 2 o'clock throwing for all six games in Group A. It's Moonkine versus Connie in Palmerstown, St. Martins versus Liz Downey in Erin's own GAA grounds. That is Cannon Kearns Park, of course, up in Castlecomer. Fenians versus Young Ireland is taking place in Tom Royal Park in Ballycallan. On Sunday in Wine Gap at 2 o'clock, Carrick Shock face Thomastown. Blacks and Whites go up against Roar and in Dr. Tierney Park in Greg Namana and Dunhamagan go up against O'Loughlin Gales in Tullerone. That's our senior and intermediate chat wrapped up. Uh, just to touch on the junior side of things, Eddie, um, this weekend just going through the results in Group A, Pilltown and Greg Namana finished in a draw 117 to 20 points. Tuller Ross Birkin hammered Cloney in 4 goals and 28 points to 4 goals and 7 points. St. Lockton's quite comfortable against their nearest and dearest neighbours St. Patrick's 3 goals and 21 points to 13 points in Group B Wine Gap were easy winners over Sleeve Roof for 16 to 18 points Barra Rangers goals did win the match there for them 219 to 19 points Emeralds 418 John Locks 15 points not going to go through all these games as in-depthly as we just did with the senior and intermediate but 
anything stand out there for you, Eddie? I know you thought the Biltown Greg the Man again would be tight, I suppose. Yeah, no, I did. I said that last week on the podcast. I thought it was tight. Can't get tired in a draw, up. So True. it is what it is. Tuller Ross Birkin, big win. Uh, Wally's back in the team there. 428 to 47. I think it's a great win. I think um, I'd be concerned about the four goals that conceded. Um, St. Lacton's absolutely put St. Patrick's to the sword. I think I think Freshford, for me, anywhere, are head and shoulders above everybody in it. Look at um, Wine gap against Sleeve Rue. Sleeve Rue been very unlucky uh, with injuries. If you look at the team sheet for the weekend, Sleeve Rue had only 20 players listed. Um, and I know Jack Frisby went off injured after about five minutes and he is their talisman. He's the main man for Sleeve Rue. Um, and there were a few other players that were carrying knocks and I know the rest of one or two other lads as well. So um, they won't be... Sleeve Rue, Sleeve Rue were after in, I think, three or four, maybe five county semi-finals the last six or seven years. Steve Rue weren't too bad either now so I wouldn't be too worried but that's a really good win for Wine Gap uh, no two ways around it they're brewing nicely Bar Rangers big surprise for me this year um, the last few years Bar Rangers have been down around the, the, the doldrums in, in, in the junior but they're, 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 they're toasting away nicely as well now in fairness to them that was another good win at the weekend um, over Galmoy mm. and the last game I don't know what is going on with John Locks and Callan that's for a place with a population as big as that um, they're just there's, the white flags are being erected all over the place there at the moment they're, they're, I don't know what's going on I see Owen Scriven is one of the players I'd know on the team I like him I think he's a really good player he's listed at 32 in the squad there he must have picked up an injury because you know there's not 31 players ahead of him um, I don't know what's going on with them they have 34 players on a team sheet there um, that, that that's just a pummeling there by, by the Emeralds but it's to me anyway it's starting to take a little bit of shape that junior championship but Freshford for me all the way still okay I'm going to stick with Wine Gap uh, just to run through the fixtures this weekend Group A is the only group going ahead Group B takes yet another break this is a second weekend off in three weekends for the teams in Group B but in Group A Saturday 2 o'clock Tom Walsh Park Clonian versus Piltown two games then on Sunday half past four it's St. Lockton's going up against Kilmacow in St. John's Park at the same time in Gorn, probably the game of the weekend at the junior grade, Greg Namana face St. Patrick's. Just to run through Group A and the table, five games played for St. Lockton's, nine points, five games played also for Tuller Ross Birkin, seven points. Piltown come in third with five points. All of these teams remaining now have four games played, including Piltown. St. Patrick's in fourth with four points. Greg Namana then with three points, Kilmacow with two, Clonine with zero points. In Group B, Wine Gap sit on top and are guaranteed top spot. Eight points from a possible eight. Then come Emeralds and Barra Rangers with five points each. Galmai, Sleeveru and John Locks all have two points. There's no game in Group B until Saturday the 16th when all of the games in Group A and Group B in the final round will take place at the same time. Uh, just to say on that intermediate or junior seems very similar to intermediate at the moment we I went with Thomas Town the intermediate you've gone with Liz Downey both of those teams are top in the group with 100% winning records I went with Wine Gap in the junior you've gone with St. Lockton's both of those teams are top in the group the only exception there being St. Lockton's did draw with Tuller Ross Burke and I believe it was um, like it's looking again like all roads are going to lead to a St. Lockton's and Wine Gap final unless something was to happen in between I'd say Lacton's will definitely be in the final eh? yeah <laughs> your confidence always amazes me but I agree with you <coughs> ah, yeah, no no that. I'm only joking um, no I think there's a few other teams there Piltown Tuller Ross Birkin Sleeve Rue there's a few other teams that could catch you know you, the problem with intermediate and junior if you're off your game and like I was saying to you the, the only consistent thing in the junior championship is the inconsistencies mm. and you do get flip flop results every other week Um 
I, think, I still think it's wide open. I think St. Lactans to me just look extremely strong. And I, I know last week you said about all the weeks in a row all these teams are playing matches yeah. as well. But like you look at the one group has no games this weekend and the other group be, is yeah. playing. The problem is there's no relegation in junior. They yeah. need to introduce the relegation. Team they shouldn't have a seven team. It's the killer, isn't it? It's 12 12 12. It should be. There should never be seven teams in the group. Yeah. And if that's the reason for it now at the moment is I think. There wasn't. Uh, I, I, why is there? Why is there an extra team in it this year? Um, there has been in recent years, hasn't there? It's not just exclusive to this. Year. No, no, this is it. But it's since O'Loughlin Gales got promoted. Since O'Loughlin Gales second team won the junior championship, this is where you have your issue. You get me? Yeah. I would imagine, unless someone else can correct me on it, but I actually think they need to, um, to introduce a relegation into the junior to bring it back to twelve teams. They shouldn't have thirteen teams in the championship. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, we always finish on a very general topic of discussion. The thing I'll pose to you this week. The senior grade in Kilkenny, the Shamrocks have been so dominant, so great. This year, I listed the players that they're missing earlier in the podcast. If those players weren't to come back, which seems more likely than not at this stage, and the Shamrocks were to go on and win the county championship, you said it would be their greatest victory. I don't think many people would deny that. But would it also be the greatest failure of the other club teams in Kilkenny? The fact that they couldn't overcome a Shamrocks team missing all of those players this year. Um, I wouldn't say it'd be the greatest failure of all the other clubs if if the Shamrocks could go and do it. What I would say is, for Kilkenny Hurling, I would be massively fearful of where we are if the Shamrocks can miss all of them players and still win the championship. Do you know one club dominating that much? This like I had this this out with lads last week, and you know, like I'm a massive Ballyhead Shamrocks fan. That, yep. that that needs to go. First and foremost, like I want Ballyhead Shamrocks to win the championship, <laughs> and I and I and I can't stress that enough. However, is the domination of one club helping the game, or is it good for the game in the area? It, it, you know, it it, it surely isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you need you need competition. You need it to be very very competitive. If Ballyhead can win the championship, missing all of them lads, then it, to me it says that they're that far ahead. They're actually a mile ahead of everybody else. Now, where I look at domination in championships. Ballyhale's domination in Kilkenny is not nearly as bad as Ballygunner's domination in Waterford. Different kettle of fish though, isn't it? It is, but but you've Ballygunner there going for, oh, what are they going for their 10th Ten, or 11th or 12th title in a row or yeah. something. It's banana stuff. Um, but just Ballyhale missing out on so many players this year. I take your point, like if you're James Stevens, who only got beaten, I think it was four points in the county final last year, maybe five points in the county final. It wasn't a huge score. No, yeah. Um, but if you're James Stevens and you're looking right and you're saying, right, we're missing A and B, but Ballyhale are missing A, B, C, D, E, F. Paddy Mullen went off injured yesterday. I don't know how bad that injury is. Yeah. But you see them listed down along and you're saying, Jesus, if we can't catch them now, you know, we're never going to catch them. Um, so I think the problem you have is, where I say it'd be Ballyhale's greatest victory, I genuinely mean that. I think there's so many young lads after coming into that team that have to step up to try and win the championship. They're, they're relying on older players to come in and give them the, the dig out Owen Reid's had a couple of honourable mentions already but he's coming in Mark Aylward played in goal a couple of weeks back um, you know they, it's they've, they've kind of went to the older lads as well as the younger lads coming through um, it's, for, it's very hard to see them win the championship but at the same time any team with Adrian Mullen TJ Reid and Owen Cody and their forwards have a chance yeah you know, they really do. Would it be the greatest failure on the other clubs? No, but it'd be a massive opportunity missed. Okay. Um, and then, I suppose the natural question to finish up on, if they were to win, is Kilkenny Hurling, we love it, we do so much coverage of it, 
Um, we've people at all the games. Would it be? Is it in a healthy state? Kilkenny club hurling. Oh God, it is. Kilkenny club hurling. If the Shamrocks were to win a sixth in a row, despite yeah. all the crowds, despite the interest, despite the players committing as much time as always, Shamrocks win six in a row at the senior grade, missing all of those players. Are the other clubs, and as a result, is Kilkenny Club hurling in a healthy state? The other clubs will be disappointed if they can't catch the Shamrocks this year. There's no doubt about it. But the Shamrocks are the All-Ireland champions as well. I'd have to point that out. Like They are the All-Ireland club oh, champions. They are, yeah. So they're the best club team in all of Ireland. So the other thing, you know, Kilkenny at the big stage, you know, this year wasn't a wonderful year for it. But Kilkenny, like I've seen Kilkenny over the years doing senior, junior, intermediate and win the All-Irelands and win the club, you know, Leinster titles and stuff. Kilkenny Club Hurling is the envy of, I would say, almost every county. The games are tight. There's there's loads of them. Um, it's it's brilliant battles. I just, I think it'd be, it'd be, it'd be great to see, like, if Ballyhale don't win the championship, one of the town teams is what, you know, Ronnie had said this to me before and he was, he was writing, like, the last 20 championships have been won by Ballyhale or a city team. No. Clara. Clara. So Ballyhale, Clara or a city team. And Clara won a choice. Yeah. yeah. So Ballyhale, Clara or a city team. Yeah. But then, wouldn't it be, I don't know, would it be lovely to see someone like Tullerone It would, yeah. Uh, yeah win the championship. Even Bennett's Bridge, like, I mean, it'd be lovely to see them. You know, I, I think whoever wins the championship will deserve it. Like, I've been banging the drum for Dixborough since before the mm. championship started because I just felt that it's such a really good setup, and they were they, were, they looked a brilliant team to watch but I, I, I don't know I think Kilkenny Hurling I think Club Hurling in Kilkenny is in a really good place okay. I, I really do and I mean that from going to the matches and watching the standard of, of, of play and the other thing I will say and because I, I am a bloody big critic of them regularly the standard of refereeing in Kilkenny is absolutely class the, the games I watched the weekend, uh, the two referees, Peter Burke refereed one of the games and, and David Hughes refereed the other game. Top class. Yeah. Really were now. And I mean that. And I kind of watched the interaction with players. I mean, David Hughes was, at one stage yesterday, David Hughes said something like, you know, behave yourself to, to one of the players when he moved the free forward, you know. And he, the, he, he was beating the player. The player said something and he moved the forward. And then he turned around and said, behave yourself. And it was like a child getting scorned in a classroom. Yeah, yeah. But, there was conversations during the game in both games with the referees there was ex- explanations this is what the free is for that uh, I think in, in many ways Kilkenny are getting it right the structure of the championship the competitiveness of, and I think the referees this year in the games I've been to so far uh, I think they've been they've been excellent I think Kilkenny Club Hurling's in a really good place Good stuff Thanks for joining me today Eddie we will be back next week for another edition of the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast where we will be reflecting on the championship fixtures that will be upcoming of course because this weekend brings with it the final round of the senior and intermediate leagues in Kilkenny We'll be at all the action this weekend Saturday at half past one we'll have reporters across all six games and then Sunday at two that's in the senior side of things and then Sunday at two o'clock on the intermediate side of things we'll have reporters at all six games as well You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere where you do your podcast listening. And we will be back early next week. The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLOR and Scoreline.ie.